Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. We're going to continue a series we started just a couple of weeks ago, Famous Last Words. In these days when we're all sheltering in place and trying to do what we can to help to contain this virus, I just want to give some words of encouragement. I know that all of us are trying to stay healthy physically and emotionally and mentally, but this is really a series to help you to stay healthy. healthy in your spiritual realm as well. And, and so that's what this is really about. The first week we talked about forgiveness. What a huge issue. Forgiveness makes all the difference in the world. And we really talked about how our forgiveness is connected with our ability to forgive other people, right? And without that other, the forgiveness of other people, there's really, it doesn't work for us. Forgiveness doesn't work. And then last week we talked about assurance, Right? And how assurance is something is so powerful that in days of when we are so uncertain, we crave assurance. And without assurance, there's no peace of mind. But Jesus offers us this assurance and this forgiveness from the cross. We saw these the last couple of weeks. And this week, we're going to look at the fact that on the cross, in his final moments on the cross, Jesus shows us how, to, how his love responds to our Need how his love responds to our need, and he's going to challenge us and ask us to do the same for those around us. So let me set the scene for that moment on the cross when he was uh, leading up to the cross, those kind of 12 hours. It was a, a sleepless, horrible night of Jesus standing trial. Actually, it was six trials back to back all night long. And then after that, he was brought back to Pilate. Pilate had him flogged. Here's what we know about a Roman flogging is that it was used by, they used a whip that was multi-strand. It was also called the cat of nine tails. It was these strands that were woven with razor sharp metal, with bone, with glass, and they were thrown across the back of the victim, whoever that was being flogged, and the whip would literally wrap around the body and dig in, and then they would pull it back. And when they did, it would shred, just tear to ribbons the flesh. And after a beating, one after another after another, it was not uncommon for people. It was recorded that they would lose, of course, their flesh, muscle mass. Sometimes bone was exposed and even organs. Horrible. So he's literally in this in this situation where he's bleeding to death and he's brought back to Pilate, the crowds are screaming, crucify, crucify. And Pilate washes his hands of the whole situation and says, you crucify him then. And the Romans gave him a cross and led him out to Golgotha, this, this mount that was known as the skull. And still to this day, I'm told, I haven't been there physically, but if you look at it from a particular angle, this hill kind of looks, it resembles a human skull. And it was up on top of this hill, that's where they were crucified. That's where the Romans crucified their victims. 
And this is where Jesus was led, and he was nailed to this cross, put up there, and while he's dying, you would think, well, at least he's, he's surrounded by people that love him. Now, we're told that all of the disciples scattered in fear. They were scared to death. They would be arrested too and crucified. All but one, the disciple John, he was there, and four women, two family members and two women that were followers of Jesus, and I want to read to you what the Gospel of John's account of this moment looked like. Because it was in this moment that Jesus looks down and he sees his beloved mother. And he sees his beloved disciple. And in that moment, he does one of the most unthinkable, beautiful, incredible acts. The fact that he even had the presence of mind to be able to do what he does is just mind-blowing. Let's take a look at this moment together from John chapter 19, starting with verse 25. Standing near the cross were Jesus' Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, that's John, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, his disciple took her into his home. He took care of her like she was his own mother. And here's what we know about that moment in time, that Joseph, Mary's husband, he was dead. We don't know from what and when that happened, but she was widowed at that moment. And Jesus didn't have money to leave her. He didn't have real estate. He didn't have any inheritance to leave her. Jesus' primary investment of his life had been into people. He had invested in people. So, and, and Uh, Namely, he invested in the disciples, those people, right? So in this moment, he leaves Mary with his most beloved, closest friend, most beloved disciple, John, entrusts her to him. And in this moment, he looks down and he has compassion on her. And he says, listen, I want to meet your greatest need right now in this moment, and I'm going to do it through this man that I can trust. It was a beautiful moment where Jesus showed us how to love like him, how to meet the needs around us. Now, I want to talk to you about that just in practical ways right now. This has never been a better time for us to, in practical ways, to be able to show love to people around us Even while we're respecting uh, distance and sheltering in place and all these things, we still have been blessed with so much technology to be able to connect with people. We can do these things. And even for those that we are present with physically, we can do these things. It's, It's amazing how many opportunities we have to minister to people especially if you're a follower of Jesus today. This, is a, this is, should be a regular part of your life, and I promise you it will be a vibrant part of your spiritual growth if you will make it a part of your life over these upcoming days and months. So let's talk about three ways to love like Jesus, three practical ways. Here's the first one. Love pays attention. In that moment on the cross, Think about just all the things that must have been going through his mind. He laser focuses on Mary. He shuts out the crowd and all the whatever was being said and chants or whatever. And he's looking just at her and he's thinking about her and he's trying to address her need. I'm telling you, when we give someone else our attention, we give them a gift. 
It is beautiful to just lock eyes with another human being and, and just give them your attention. Attention can also be spelt another way, L-O-V-E, love. It is one of the most beautiful ways to show love to another person. It's a way of showing honor and respect and love to people that we already say we love, but it's a way to remind them, to show them. And I just want to encourage you this week, today, even after this service is over with, that you would take time to be really intentional with the people that God's put around you to really give them your full and undivided attention. Uh, It's so hard these days because our phones and screens want to fight for our attention and they do such a beautiful job of that, man. I mean, they're programmed to to grab your attention and to hold on to it and get you to go back to it over and over and over. And my question would be, to what cost? To what end? What price are we paying in terms of the, 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 the toll it's taking on our relationships that we're unwilling to give the attention there's members of your family that are craving, they would love to have your attention. And maybe you feel like you've, you've had very little to give to them. And today could be the day you say, you know what, that's gonna change. You know, there's all kinds of science that shows that our society is just not, we're getting worse at this, not better. But we're gonna, we're gonna begin to exercise the discipline to say, that's not gonna be the statistic of me and my family and where, how I'm gonna respond to this time. I'm gonna take time to show love through paying attention. And paying attention is more than just listening. It's active listening. And active listening is asking questions. It's engaging with the person that you're talking to. So let's talk about a really great question that you can begin to incorporate into those loving conversations and really beginning to try to address the need as Jesus did with Mary. In Romans chapter 15, verses one and two, I want to share with you this from the message. I love how Eugene Peterson puts this. So beautifully put. Here's what he says. Strength is for service, not status. That first line right there always blows me away. That is so good. Strength. If you have any strength right now, strength is given for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look, pay attention, in other words, after the good of the people around us. Lock eyes, look, and, and, and ask a critical and important question. Asking ourselves, how can I help? Everybody can do something. Everybody can help in some way, shape, or form. We all can help. I don't care how young you are, um, how little you have, how little influence you think you might have. Everybody can answer that question in some way, shape, or form. Why do we do this? He tells us. That's exactly what Jesus did. And if you're a Jesus follower, that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. A Christian is someone who follows after, apprentices after, that it patterns our life after Jesus. And this is how Jesus did it. He says, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't take it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles. No, he waded right on into the deep waters with people, into the messy stuff sometimes, and asked difficult questions. And I wanna challenge you this week, to do the same thing for other people. Other people that you already know are struggling, already know are hurting, already know they're in the middle of a fight right now. 
and just let them know, I'm just checking on you. I love you. I'm praying for you. Is there anything, can I just be a sounding board? You just need to talk to somebody? Can can I just, you know, we'll FaceTime for a little bit. Can I just offer yourself looking for a way to be able to address that need and to give them your attention and ask this incredible question? It really answers this question. What's the best question to ask to make the greatest difference right now? How can I help? How can I help? How can I be of service to you? That is such an incredible question. So let's take that to the next level. Let's kind of tease that out a little bit over this next one. So this leads us into number two. Second practical way to show love is love asks, how can I help? Well, the first place it asks that question is with family. We ask family. You see, Jesus shows us right here on the cross in John 19 is that his last will and testament is to make sure his mother is provided for that she's taken care of he's making sure that his primary responsibility as patriarch of his family that his mother is cared for i love that such a beautiful moment right here and paul takes that to the next level he really begins to tease this out even more when he's talking to his protege timothy as he's pastoring in ephesus he's saying listen teach the people in the church there this is so important to take care of their families okay he says this take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her that's a widow that doesn't have any family right he's saying that's what the church the church needs to step up and help take care of women like her but if she has children or grandchildren their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them this is something that pleases god i hope you see that today we're, we're told to take care of family because this pleases god Now, if you're a believer today, let me just say that the true test of your faith, the true test of your Christianity is how you treat people at home, how you interact with the people that you live with all the time, because they're the hardest people to live your Christianity out before, right? I mean, it's easy to be polite and nice with people you don't have to live with. That's easy. You know, I'm sure you probably told your kids that too. We've told our kids that at times. And it's easy to do that, but it's challenging to be present and to be showing love and ask this question and really mean it in the context of home. Let me just say something really quick. It may have been a long time since your spouse has heard from you, hey, I just want to check, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help? I know we're trying to cover all these bases right now, but is there anything else that you need from me? Is there anything I can do for you in this time? Kids, I know you may think, well, this is for parents, this is for adults, this is not really for me. I wanna encourage you, ask your parents, teenagers, college students that are at home, all of you, I wanna encourage you. You're gonna blow your parents away, first of all, if you do this, but come up, mom, dad, I just wanna make sure you're okay. And is there anything I can do to help? Is there any extra weight that I could lift off of you during this time? Oh my goodness, after they pick themselves up off of the floor, 
They're going to say, okay, this is amazing. Let's take a picture. I want to post this on social media right now. Now, they're, they're going to brag on you because that's amazing. There's just not that many young people that are thinking outside of themselves. It's one of the most mature next steps that you could do is to begin to exercise the muscle of empathy. And that's just simply trying to consider how somebody else feels and how they're thinking and, and how they're processing all that's happening for us right now, financially and emotionally and, and in different ways, but do that. It makes such a huge difference, and it makes a difference in the context of your family. So let's start with, how do you begin to ask that question? As I already said, start with your spouse. Start with your kids. Start with your parents. And then after you cover those bases of checking in with them, start with your extended family. Check in with them. Just see how is everybody doing. Check with your, as we're going to see in just a minute, your church family, your small group other believers that God has put around you, and your, your co-workers, your, your next-door neighbors, people that live on your block, check on, especially older folks, check on them, call them, text them, just see how are they doing. Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything that you need from us that we could do for you right now? So the next place I want you to ask this question is to begin to ask it with believers around you. In the New Testament, Jesus told us this in Matthew 12, 50. He says, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. In other words, Jesus is saying, Matthew 12, 50, he's saying there that when we reach out and we connect and we act like family, that's appropriate in the body of Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a believer today, it's important that you treat other believers like family members as well. And he's saying this is so incredibly important because there are times where you're gonna need to uh, show that kind of love and you're gonna need to receive that kind of love. And Jesus over and over showed us that, that the, the, the connection of the Spirit of God is even more powerful than the biological genetic connection of being just brothers and sisters. Now, this is an interesting fact. This is something I came across this week. You, and some of you might have heard this before, but Jesus had four half-brothers and two half-sisters. He didn't trust any of them with his mother in his last dying breath. He trusted his disciple. Why? Because he was a believer and. Um, John chapter 7 verse 5 we're told that his siblings were not believers yet so at that point the primary believer that he had before him his beloved disciple John was the best choice and he counted it an honor took care of his mother beautiful to see how he continued to take care of her throughout her life. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, the apostle Paul says this. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, whether they're Christians or not, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Especially those who, he says, I want you to show special attention. I want you to take time to check on, make sure they're okay, love, care for these people. It is so critical and it's so important to do it for all people, but look out for these 
follow, fellow uh, believers and members of God's family. Here's the third practical way to show love. Love meets other people's needs even when ours aren't met yet. Yours aren't met yet. Mine are not met yet. Let's think about this moment on the cross. It's such an amazing moment. Jesus could have easily, looking down at Mary to say, Jesus, she, she could have said to Mary, my pain is too great. I'm sorry. I can't deal with your pain right now. I'm not, I mean, like, I'm off the charts, painful. And it's been scientifically, medically proven that crucifixion is the most painful death that has ever been devised by mankind. It is absolutely mind-blowing how painful it is. He didn't do that. He could have said, my purpose that I'm dying up here for is so incredibly important, Mary. I just can't take time to deal with your issues right now. He didn't do that. He could have said, listen, I need to get my needs met first, and then I'll meet your needs. Does any of this starting to sound like it's hitting a little close to home? Like, as soon as I get my needs all met, and I'm good, and I got my tank full, then I will come and help meet your need. Jesus did not do that. Jesus, in excruciating pain, in his last dying breath, bleeding to death on the cross, he has the, the presence of mind to say, I see your need, and I'm going to help meet it right here, right now. And that's exactly what he did. And he asks us, to have the same type of approach when it comes to other people. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, again, the writings of Paul. Paul's laying it out for the New Testament church. He's saying, in your relationships with one another. What relationships? All relationships. It doesn't matter what relationship. All of them, in all of them, he says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset. Have that same approach. Do you see what Jesus did? Do you see how he approached people? How he loved people? How he's willing to ask this question even when it was the most horribly inconvenient time for him, but he answers it. He addresses it. What a beautiful and powerful moment here that Jesus does for his mother. And I just want to encourage you that in these times when it is scary, there's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty about the future. It would be easy to say, well, well, well as soon as we get some, some good answers and we know when we're going to start taking steps back to normalcy and all that, then I will be happy to start help. Until then, forget it. Let me just tell you, that might be the most unhealthy thing you can do for yourself emotionally and spiritually right now. For some of you, maybe the most powerful and emotionally and spiritually healthy thing you could do is to find someone in distress and ask that question, how can I help? And go try to be of service and help to them. Try to make a difference. I cannot tell you the weight that it will alleviate off of your soul to know that God is beginning to use you in this moment to make a difference in the life of somebody else. And what a blessing it is to you in healing that it is to you. For some of you, you've been going through some hurt that maybe even preceded COVID-19. And you're still grieving, and it's hurting, and it's difficult. I'm telling you, one of the critical components of you stepping out of this is beginning to start the process of getting the eyes off of us. Because when we're hurting, and we're scared, and we're worried, and we're stressed, and we're anxiety-ridden, we tend to close ourselves up in a shell of self-centeredness. 
It's not, and you may not even be a self-centered person. It's just the hurt will do that to you. It takes discipline to say, you know what? Even in the middle of my pain, just like Jesus on the cross, I'm gonna reach out and just say, how can I pray for you? Just start with baby steps, just little easy practical steps. Start with your spouse, start with people closest with you. But begin to ask, how can I make a difference? How can I help? What an amazing, game-changing question that can become for us in this time. And it was exactly the kind of question that Jesus was asking of John to take care of his mother. And as I said, John counted it a huge privilege. Jesus entrusted to me his mother to take care of her. Of course I'll take care of your mother. Took her into his home for the rest of her life. And later, Jesus winds up blessing John with this amazing vision and revelation of heaven. Before anybody ever got a glimpse at what God had in store, Jesus lets John have that glimpse. What a beautiful thing. But Jesus used John to answer the question, how can I help with Mary? Now, my question for you today is, who is Jesus maybe tapping on your shoulder and say, I want you to go and help them. I want you, there's this person you know that's already in distress. They're hurting, they're, they're, they're homebound, they're in need. Who can you help? Who could you assist? Who is it that, that, um, that Jesus wants you to reach out to today? Maybe it's a family member, starting with just a conversation of really giving them your attention and locking eyes, how can I help? How can dad help? How can mom help? How can, as a, as a sister or brother, how can I help? How, how can I help my parents right now? That's a great question to ask. And just begin to ask those people around you. People that are in your small group, that are a part of your church, people that are on your block, people just beginning to ask and see, where does God want me? Where does Jesus, is he prompting my heart right now to be of service and help to those people that he's put around me? Such an incredibly important, important question to ask right now. And maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum. You're on the receiving end. Maybe you're on Mary's end of the spectrum today. And out of self-alliance um, or um, kind of self-preservation um, or just kind of letting people know, I got this, you have said, no, I don't need any help. A lot of really nice people maybe have offered you help and you've said, no, thank you. I got this. I'm good. I'm good. And you know deep down you don't have this. You, you're not good. And God is trying to show his goodness and his mercy and love to you through the, the, the care and the love of other people, but you won't let them. And maybe today is the day that you need to pick up the phone and say, listen, I know I told you no, but actually, yes, please. Could you help me? Okay, would you mind running an errand for me? I really need this done. I really, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm a little scared. Would you mind praying for me? Reach out. Incredibly powerful to do that. And here's the last thing I wanna challenge you with today. One of the things that I love about this story, unlike everybody else who had been a follower of Jesus up to this point, is that, G that John and Mary had resisted the temptation in that moment of stress and fear and anxiety and worry to run to the, to scatter to the wind like everybody else. They came close to Jesus in this moment of crisis. If they had not come close to Jesus, they would have missed his best for the rest of their life. Today, 
We have a similar moment happening right now. I just wanna invite you to come close to Jesus. I don't want you to miss the best that he has for you for the rest of your life. That God wants you to come close to him. Jesus is inviting you to come close to me and experience my love, my grace and mercy, my forgiveness for your sin. You can be free today and I wanna use you to make an eternal difference in the lives of the people I put around you. You know, like none of those people are on by accident. They are all strategically placed in your family, even the ones that get on your nerves. <laughs> all the people in your work circle, in your, your small group, your, your, your Christian circle, your serving teams that you may be a part of, reaching out to those people. God wants to use you to be an instrument of his love to those people today in a very practical way, giving them your attention, asking how can I help and not letting the fact that you haven't got all your needs met yet to be an excuse for not helping to meet someone else's. Jesus was such a beautiful example for this. And right now, what I'd like to ask you to do is to pray this prayer with me of just simply saying, Jesus, Help me to learn to love my family and other people by asking, how can I help? And also, for some of you, it needs, this is a time to start that relationship, to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, simply by saying, Lord, I turn to you right now. I turn from my sin, and I'm gonna turn to you, and I receive your love and your forgiveness that you offer to me from the cross. I receive it right now. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.